Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Winners of the East London Challenge Cup soon after their formation in 1885. The old Millwall Rovers are now known to their roaring supporters as the last. Ladies and gentlemen, broadcasting from beautiful South Bermondsey, this is Achtung Millwall. Good afternoon, one and all. Welcome to this Boxing Day edition of Achtung Millwall. My name is, of course, Nick Hart. You're listening to the number one Millwall podcast. Um, we're in the prelims to the Millwall versus Wolves game. One o'clock kickoff today. We're in the brilliant sunshine of a Boxing Day morning. It's a little bit of a chill in the air, nevertheless, but the sun is out shining. The den looking fantastic. Some big team news to report to you, dear listeners, on the back of a, a disappointing 3-0 loss at Derby last, last Saturday. I wasn't there for that one, but um, I've seen the same reports and watched the same YouTube clips that you have, dear listeners. But anyway, any road up, as my old man would have said. Um, we've got team changes to report. In, in goal today, we have Jordan Archer across the back line. We've got Sean Hutchinson, Jake Cooper in the middle. Uh, on the right side will be... Uh, James Meredith, I guess. Uh, McLaughlin is back. Conor McLaughlin is back. There's the first piece of big news for, for you, dear listeners. Um, on the left side, I'm guessing. Midfield, we see the return, the starting return of Sean Williams and Jill Savile, obviously enough. On the uh, wing, we have Aidan O'Brien and Jed Wallace in his free-ranging role. Up front, a surprise return to the starting line of Big Tom Elliott. Um, in place of Steve Morrison, who sits on the subs bench today, maybe being rested ahead of the uh, Friday night um, apocalypse of return of Ian Holloway. And this will be alongside Lee Gregory. Wasted chances, dear listeners, at, at the Pride Park last Saturday. Um, is Tom Elliott going to take some chances? He's the second highest goal scorer in the club at the moment, behind George Savile from midfield. So um, he does stake a claim. Some say it's not the answer to our problems. I suppose he is a, a big stage against table-topping Wolves, a team described by Jeb Wallace as playing total football. Big claim, big uh, big phrase, given its historical connotations of Holland, 1974. But total football, says Jed. So we're up against it, dear listeners, but we do love to be the underdog down here, down at the den. Do we not? Achtung. 
Millwall. I'll apologise in advance for a muffiny line dry. Sound a little bit under the weather. I had a late night last night, late night night before. And this is an early start on Boxing Day. I'm sure you're in the same position, dear listeners. But um, I'm the man with a mic in front of me. I've got to try and sound half-witted and half-intelligent. Not half-witted. You know what I mean. There we go. Case proven. Here come the two teams. Wolves will be in their famous old gold shirts. Old gold. Always a famous description of their... um, it's a shade of uh, amber meeting orange, I suppose, isn't it? It's described as old gold. I, I, I watched an episode of Flog It. If you uh, the one of you, put something for younger listeners to <clears throat> cotton on to is that as you get older, you start to revel in your eccentricities. There's not much to say for getting older. Phys- physical decline, lack of prowess in many areas, which we won't go into. But also, we, 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 you're allowed to start to um, take pride and almost enjoy your eccentricities. Well, one of my eccentricities is a late-in-life um, love of flogging, the uh, auction programme with um, a rather camp flamboyant type presenting it, and they go around looking at um, antiquities and curios in various rural ideals around our, our beautiful country. Anyway, they were up near Wolves, and he, he took a trip to Molyneux to do a little piece on uh, Billy Wright, famous player from the 1950s, England captain, one of the great players of our country. And back then, Wolves were, of course, um, unofficial world champions after a series of friendly wins in, under the newfangled floodlights. Great novelty factor at the time. And they were deemed to be champions of the world. <clears throat> and those friendlies were the forerunners of what later became the European Cup, then uh, you know, corrupted out of, uh, by big corporate money into the Champions League. All you kids think is the best thing ever. Need an intense atmosphere. Whether we'll get it or not, I don't know. I don't feel very intense in the brilliant sunshine, but you never know with a den. It can take hold at any moment. Everyone's really gearing themselves up for Friday night and the return of the Panto villain of Ian Holloway. Um, this is a big game. We're up against it. This is a team rated as the best in the division. Um, any any kind of uh, commentator you listen to on the radio and the media sees this as a Premier League level outfit. It should be. It's a big ground, big club big history and um, they've got a manager Nuno Espiritu Santo what a name that's a fantastic name Nuno Espiritu Santo sounds like the line from uh, Evita doesn't David Essex have that line what about Espiritu Santo in Evita also known as Nuno which is much easier to say Portuguese manager from the, the uh, Portuguese territory originally of Sao Tome and Principe if you didn't know He's somewhere off the coast of Equatorial Guinea. Portuguese possession, Portuguese manager, doing very well for them. Wolves coming today's game, played 23, won 17 of those 23 games, dear listeners. Drawn three, lost just three times. They've got a 43 scored, 17 conceded, 54 points. There we are. We're up against it. Lions going to be attacking the away end. North, uh, not the North Stands, the North Stands, the away end. And at Wolves, we go at the cold blow in the first half. Commentators describe the strength of the Wolves squad. I mean, money, 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 isn't it? Well, it makes the world go round and also buys you a squad of some depth so they can rotate their team. Whereas our idea of rotation is um, no disrespect to Tom Elliott, it's bringing in a player of, um, you know, some uh, yet to be proven, whereas they're fielding internationals. Long ball forward, has gone for a goal kick inside the first minute um, so there's the measure of the task that we face in the, across the whole league we've done well against so-called moneyed teams of late have we not 
today's very much um, one of those games where we are backs to the wall, balls to the wall by Accept, German heavy rock band. Thank you for the uh, listeners who identified that, that reference in a previous show. Balls to the wall. Early free kick for Lawrence, just inside our half. Uh, close on the um, on the halfway line, right hand side. It's going to be a chance to launch the ball forwards. Elliot, very much so, been picked for the target man role. Maybe uh, Morrison taking a rest. Put his head to that one. Couldn't quite find Gregory. Shouts of handball. Didn't see enough of it to give you any kind of opinion on it. Nice tackle midfield by Jules Savon. Uh, two minutes, coming up towards the third minute. He's surging forwards. Men wide. Tackled and unfortunately wanted too much time there, Savile. I don't know Brian wanting to left. He probably should have played the ball a touch earlier. Proof crystal clear hindsight. Ball over the top from Elliot to chase down. Ball breaks. Elliot couldn't quite collect. Tackled fairly, says the referee. Three and a half minutes. Little moment there where Elliot looked like he might find some space. A lot of football over Christmas, isn't there? Um, Jules Savile was interviewed on News at Den, commenting on the, the uh, relentless pace of the Christmas periods. The loose ball in midfield there gives Wolves a chance to come at us as we go towards the fourth minute. They're coming over on the right-hand side. I'll pause on my um, comments on that. They've got a chance for a shot that's almost um, scuffed through. It's gone for a corner. Come off a middle boot there, right, uh, left-sided corner. Uh, yeah, so Savile was just commenting on the relentless pace of Christmas. Four big games, actually, in ten days for us. Others have commented, I mean, Arsene Wenger almost, always um, bemoans the, um, the English Christmas. It's one of the great features of our, our calendar, the Boxing Day sport. Um, medal with it at your pair. I don't think the game will do, because there's money involved. And as we all know in this world, let alone professional, modern-day professional football, money rules, OK. So it's going to be... Um, Left side of the taken short. There's going to be lofted in now. It's dipping. That's looped over the high over the bar for another corner. Right sided corner. So a little bit of um, Wolves pressure coming towards the fifth minute of the game. Big name Wolves. I've already mentioned their uh, 1950s exploits under manager Stan Cullis. Another big name in the game. Billy Wright was their captain, England captain. Played in three World Cups. I think they said on Floggett which is my, my source of information. He comes a corner from the left. That's across the face of the goal. It breaks. Elliot does well, wins the ball. Here's, here's Gregory. O'Brien now. Kept on the, on, the, on the halfway line. Elliot goes down. It's a free kick. He took a tumble there. He took a, took a tumble. It's going to be a yellow card for the Wolves. Seven. There's a professional foul on the halfway line. Left referee to his credit. Let play continue. Five and a half minutes. Elliot just could not have, didn't have the pace there to um, control the ball and move with it. So he took a he took a hit. As wins a free kick for the Lions, left side, about halfway inside the Wolves half. Aiden O'Brien hobbling there. He's, he's clearly got clipped on the halfway line. He's, he's he looks all right. Looks like he'll walk it off. Easy for me to say. Let's say in my seat. Walk it off, son. But he's uh, he's limping. Who Wallace it takes. He's floated it in towards Cooper. He gets ahead to it. He's headed down, but comfortably enough for the uh, the grey and cerise clad Wolves goalkeeper number 21. Ball one back there, nice little throw out, but ball one back. This is this is Wallace. Cross blocked. For that little throw in, right hand side. A little bit of loose play by Wolves. They, although they play total football, they clearly err towards the cash on occasions. Hopefully we can exploit that. And they, we don't let them turn it on against us, because clearly they can also do the other side of it too. Seven minutes. Longish throw. It's up high, looped. Wolves head gets to it. This is Savile, all bouncing around on the, on the uh, edge of the penalty, almost falls to Aidan O'Brien. 
Lions clearly looking a bit more intensely about their play. They're maintaining the old uh, the old pressure. The pressing, that's a loose ball, just as I damned them with my praise there. Seven minutes, seven and a half minutes, goes for a goal kick. So how was your Christmas day then, dear listeners? Mine was very, very nice. Nice meal, uh, family games, you know, the, you know the score. Um, it's a long day, but a nice day. Um, here we are on Boxing Day. I was, I was trying to look out some classic um, Boxing Day fixtures earlier on. There's, comes um, O'Brien coming down the, the left side, wins a throw-in. I'll come back to Boxing Day fixtures in a little bit. I've selected a few randoms, really. Um, just to uh, pick out a few from the past. This is my version of a little Christmas cracker for you in today's show. This is Sean Williams, halfway inside the Wolves half. Tried a little one-two there with O'Brien. That's going to run out. The, the Wolves player escorts it out for a goal kick. So, yeah, first Boxing Day fixture. I'm going to intersperse this throughout today's game um, so I don't overdo it all in one go. But one year ago, Boxing Day fixture 2016, um, League One fixture for the Lions at home. We beat Swindon 2-0. Two goals from Lee Gregory in the 10th for the 65th minute. Um, probably the start of the uh, the surge towards the um, the playoffs. I think we've beaten Charlton a few weeks before that Boxing Day fixture. I can't remember a single thing about that fixture. That's only a year ago. That's shocking. And I found that a few times I did this on the list. This is Lee Gregory. Jed Wallace on the shot from distance straight into the arms. Nice shot from the edge of the penalty into the arms of the goalkeeper on nine minutes. Nice one-two. Lions trying to um, press forwards and just show Wolves what we can do. Wolves, of course, had a famous tumble from grace, didn't they, in the uh, in the 80s, an era of financial mismanagement. I think it's probably the best way to put it. They tumbled from the, uh, I think it was the first division, the old first division, all the way down to the fourth division at one point, um, putting the club in jeopardy. They've managed to rebuild things since then. So Jack Haywood, of course, built the... Um, New stands at Molyneux, and I think over the years since then, with his money and support, they've rebuilt themselves. And this season, obviously, they're everyone's choice to win promotion and get themselves into the Premier League. They've just won a free kick and that win promotion. It's 11 and a half minutes. They played it short. They clearly like to pass the ball, as one would expect. So it's a very continental, foreign-looking squad, as one might expect from a Portuguese-managed side. A lot of uh, their, their uh, top scorers are Bonatini. All down the right side, that's shot into the side netting. Little break forwards there, just showing the pace of their, of their forward line there. It's gone into the, uh, must have been pushed around by Jordan Archer, excuse me, it's gone for a corner. Right side, little break down the right side, and he shoots, yeah, it's a ball batted round by Jordan Archer. Well saved, actually. Going to be a right sided corner. <clears throat> In it comes, it's deep, and that's punched clear by Jordan Archer. Quite a decent punch, it falls to. Um, Jed Wallace surging down the middle, ex Wolves player himself, of course. He's going to put it as a lovely little ball for us. He's Lee Gregory. 1 0 Millwall! Beautiful break out of defence, beautifully sliding by Lee Gregory. What a criticising for missing chance in the Pride Park. Not today, dear listeners. 13 minutes on the clock. Gregory puts us 1 0 up. Lovely, lovely move. I'll watch it on the big screen. Sunshine, beautiful surging run, fantastic ball through from Jed Wallace. That was a perfectly weighted ball, slotted home by uh, Lee Gregor. I thought he might have been pushed slightly right as that ball went through. 1 0 for the Lions, though, nicely finished by Jed Wallace. That run by Jed Wallace, if he has a point to prove, he's just proved it. Jules Savile, of course, another ex Wolves player. Um, little piece on about him in midfield, both claiming not to have anything to prove today. 
And no, they don't have any of the proof to Wolves. Um, they're Millwall players through and through, both of them. Great, great goal. Well, that's got the crowd interested. I'm having a little bit of um, Boxing Day lull. Turkey and too much alcohol yesterday. As ever, the, the players bring the crowd into it. Get the crowd involved and you have a, a, an intimidating atmosphere, as we've been said a few times. I mean, we, we said that last week against Middlesbrough. I was quite in, intrigued to see some of the, the Middlesbrough fan TV. They, they really did buy the, the scary den thing. Absolutely. There's a little ball first run through to Jordan Archer. In goal, 14 minutes. Yeah, they, 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 some, uh, they seem like nice enough, harmless enough blokes that do fan TV for Middlesbrough, but they really did buy into the whole um, don't talk to anyone, don't look at anyone, don't do this, don't do that idea as you come to the den, whether it's that bad really, and I, I don't know. Um, they certainly believe it, so... Um, Sam Goldwyn says, don't, don't worry about the truth, buy the story. So, um, long may that continue. This is uh, Mill coming down the right. This is Shaw Savile, right-hand side, ball floated in. Oh, it's always no Brian, he got a foot to it, it's got wide. 15 minutes, line's really firing all cylinders at the moment. One ball up, there's a little ball into the middle, let's watch it again. Uh, Wallace is uh, looking like he's really interested, that's ball in and uh, caught on the, on the volley by Aidan O'Brien stretching a bit wide. Nice running by Tom Elliott, that will endear him to the crowd. Chased down the Wolves player, they had time to take the turn. Elliott's running, forced him to put it out for a mill throwing. Good display so far by the Lions. Bright start, got a goal. We've had chances. Wolves so far not um, showing huge, they've had that one break down the right, they will get chances. They've had a nice break down the right hand side. But overall, Lions with their hands on the driving wheel, on the steering wheel, foot on the accelerator. Midfielder on their game today, this is beautiful work there by Jill Saddle, tackling back. They clearly see the danger of Wolves, give them time and space to run, they'll, they'll hurt you. But that was nice work there by uh, Jill Saddle, 17 minutes. Boxing Day named apparently after the um, Christmas boxes that uh, were traditionally given to um, workmen and tradesmen. Or thieving, thieving busmen, as my old mum used to describe, some fantastic tackles. I mean, that's a free uh, kick can see, maybe not so fantastic, by Sean Williams. Wolves players surrounding the referee, Mill players pushing them away. It's going to get tasty out there if this carries on. Little mob of players uh, following the referee around. I think the Wolves wanted um, Williams' book there. Thieving dustman, thieving postman, thieving milkman. For after Christmas boxes, uh, the, the kind of um, hate figures of my mum's years on the Mottingham Council Estate. 26-12-2011, Mill 1, Pompey nil. Boxing Day 2011, 1-0 um, win for the Lions, 11,002 in the Championship, We're under Kenny Jacket at the time. Um, a rare Daniel Gesson goal, 81 minutes, Daniel Gesson scored that goal, I can't remember that game either, can you? Dear listeners, some of these, the, the last year's games escaped me, so what, what chance have we got with 2011? 1-0 win over Portsmouth. And Gesson scoring in the 81st minute in front of 11,002 people. One of those two people was me, because I would have been here, but I can't remember it. It's a free kick for Wolves. On 19, coming towards 20 minutes. Right side, inside the, about halfway inside the mill half. They're going to get a chance to float the ball in. It comes, that's looping kind of uh, cross. Hoofed clear by Elliot, doing his defensive work. But watch him on the break there, listeners, uh, as and now. They're coming down our left suddenly. 21st minute. Ball out wide left, just outside the mill penalty area. The little one, two, ball for the byline. That's in front of goal, put over the bar well um, by James Meredith underneath our own, uh, on the six yard line, almost underneath our own bar, put high up into row Z of Coldblow Lane ends. 
go for a corner. Dangerous team when they get on the break. 1-2 down the right side now. Wolves 2 surging into the middle box. That's a ball across the penalty area and cleared nicely by Jake Cooper. By Sean Hutchinson, excuse me. Calmly. Um, thankfully, no one was in front of him. There's a dangerous ball into the box on 23 minutes. So Wolves are starting to show their, um, their quality coming down the flanks. And we did look a little bit fragile at times against Middlesbrough coming down the flanks. Another team with money to spend, of course, dear listeners. Wolves striker Leo Bonatini, a Brazilian player, is the third highest uh, scorer in the league with 12 goals. Um, equal third, actually, with one Lewis Graben of Sunderland. Uh, long ball over the top. This is a chance. Backtracking, but a fantastic save by Joel Nigel. One on one. Wow. Big moment there for, uh, for Wolves. They probably will feel they should have taken that opportunity. Just a straight ball over the top. Their strike was through on goal, and Joel Nigel stood his ground, made himself big, as they say and got a, I think it might have been a knee to it, but uh, batted it away. From distance now, shot high. High as you can hear the derision. The hoots of derision. Borotini on loan from a club called Al-Hilal in the Saudi Arabian League. Um, money, money as ever talking. 26 minutes, Tuntle's 27 minutes. Wasn't Wolverhampton Wanderers one of the challenges if you, uh, during the war, in, in, during a period of uh, you know, invasion, scare if a German parachutist possibly dressed as a nun landed near your village your your challenge was to him to try and test his German this was asking to say Wolverhampton Wanderers and then I, I presume if uh, he gave himself away to uh, kill him Wolverhampton Wanderers in a booklet I think called the if the invader should come and that was how you uh, could test the, uh, the members of the uh, Wehrmacht asking to say Wolverhampton Wanderers 30 minutes, Lions leading it 1-0, but increasingly Wolves starting to um, make their moves down the wings at pace. And um, they're showing their quality, which is uh, not in any doubt, in my opinion. All over the top of the saddle. Lee Gregory from the goal, goes tumbling. No, nothing given there. He just couldn't get that ball under control in front of the goalkeeper. It was just a high loop from Saville from midfield. 31 minutes. Down the right side for Wolves. Again, coming at a pace. That's a first time shot from the edge of the penalty area. It's gone well wide. Well wide. Long ball for uh, Widewoods. Not back into the centre. And the, uh, the striker. Can't tell you which number it is because it's quite hard to read. Took it first time, put it well wide in the event. 33rd minute of the game. Interesting snippet for you. I was looking on Wikipedia for a little bit of background colour pieces. I actually put some prep into today's show, believe it or not, dear listeners, despite the sound, shambolic sound of my voice at times. So I didn't do enough prep in not in staying reasonably sober last night, so if I do sound scrambled, you have to excuse me. But um, interesting little snippet I did find was that in 1967, uh, Wolves fielded a team in uh, the one of the nascent US soccer leagues, the um, Major League Soccer, or the equivalent, I think it was called the, the NASL, and they fielded a team in that league in, uh, in 1967 as the LA Wolves, the uh, Los Angeles Wolves. Um, the idea never took hold, but I think they saw an opportunity to try and uh, expand the game out there. One of those little odd stories that Wikipedia throws up so well. Long ball forward, nice work by um, Aidan O'Brien to win the ball. Uh, Elliot, it's just over the top of Elliot there. He'll get criticised for that, but it was a, a long hanging cross. He had to get the, uh, the right kind of touch on it, just misjudged it. So 35 minutes. Wolves pressing forwards again. I imagine they're going to be winning the, the possession statistic game. Well, the actual scoreboard still shows 1-0, but um, it's going, following the classic Mill pattern of... Um, 
you know, uh, large amounts of possession for the opposition whilst we sit behind them looking to soak it up. They do look uh, a quality side when they move the ball. They're moving at a pace, wide right here. Retaining possession, not, not um, panicking. Lions hoof it clear in the event. And ball shout given. Ball lumped forwards. Wolf defender under pressure from Tom Elliott. Making his physique felt there. That's that's the role for him. That's that's the way he's going to get um, reward here. And will draw the love at the den by putting himself about a little bit up front. And as I say, these are just randomly selected um, Boxing Day fixes. I've tried to work on a, a five-year, ten-year, twenty-year type basis, but uh, they, they don't quite check out. Not always a Boxing Day fixture. But at any rate, ten years ago, um, Boxing Day 20, 2007, Millwall three, Brighton nil. A hat-trick by Gary Alexander, 6 minutes, 54 minutes to the 71st minute penalty, um, under Kenny Jackett in League One at that time, uh, 9,401, vaguely remember that one, don't remember any details about it, but Gary Alexander hat-trick um, makes it notable, Boxing Day 2007, Millwall 3 at Brighton Albion at naught. clock ticking in the stadium down to 40 minutes, underneath the AMS banner. Supporting Mills' fight against the Lewisham Four, the Gang of Four, and Lewisham took that reviving compulsory pressure. The ball's floated in towards the far post. It's gone behind for another uh, corner. Must have come off a Wolves defender under the attention of Jake Cooper there. The Guardian, of course, releasing a story, major story, of a, a leaked email from the um, Panto villain, Councillor Smith, Councillor Al, claiming that he wants to revive the CPO. On the, on the club stadium match, which would force the club to leave the den. There's a ball into the box, caught on the full by Jake Cooper, but headed straight into a defender. Lump back in towards Hutchinson on the far post. That's going to run through to the goalkeeper in goal. Where else will the goalkeeper be but in goal? Or should be. I'll shut up. 41 minutes. Breakout from defence, though. I won't shut up yet. Ball coming down the left. Ball catter straight in from the attempted shot from Wolves there. They'll just um, riding their luck slightly at the moment. Left side, another cross in from the left. That's across the Lions goal. It's going to run for a throw-in on the, on the right-hand side. 41 minutes. Yeah, so Counter Al wants to revive the compulsory purchase orders on the lands outside our stadium, uh, excluding the club from the proposed regeneration, which John Barrelton, our chairman, has said will force it to look for other sites outside of Lewisham Borough. Um, we all hope and we intend to press for that not to happen. I think it would be the death of the club. We, we said this on the round table. I say it again now. This club is of this area, of Bermondsey. And um, if we were to leave it, then um, we lose our identity. The very thing that makes us who we are. We'll just become just another club. And um, well, it would be much, much harder to keep the love going, won't it? So um, keep following us on the AMS feed on the uh, on the Twitter. Uh, my one as well, Akdung Millwall, CBL magazine follow it and um, where needed we, we, we will be looking for your support as the months go go ahead it's 2018 unfolds with the mayoral elections in Lewisham ball through cut out well by Jake Cooper little ball through on the right hand side into the middle penalty area the, the forwards chasing down Cooper made a critical challenge as we come towards the 33rd minute it's gone for a right sided corner now I just need to keep it tight coming into the half time break two minutes of regular time plus any injury time shouldn't be an awful lot of that Ball still bouncing around high in the in the Lions half. Archer takes. This is Wallace coming on the halfway line. He's got Elliot surging in front of him. 
Well, he's going one of his loopy runs. He's into the box, wide left. Put Grandville Conway just could not get the, the cross in. He had uh, Gregory in, he had Elliot in, who's been pushed wide left. Fantastic run again by Jed Wallace. He's making these runs repeatedly. Three minutes over time. Williams floats it in towards the centre. There's Cooper at the far post. Headed into the side netting moment where the was in the net. The far post. Late run into the box there by Jake Cooper, but into the side netting. Wolves play down in their own half, in the middle half. Referee's letting play go on. Strange, because he's rolling around on the floor like he's in a bad way. But allowing the play to continue, which is uh, an odd thing to do. Maybe it was a cup of tea, get out of the, get out of the cold. It's been a chilly afternoon. Ball still being passed around, We've got a body on the floor. How can play continue for a man down in this way? Come down the right hand side. Ball into the box. One all. One all. Ball into the box. Clipped home from the near post. One player still down. Bizarre goal. Uh, one each. Right on the depth of the half. There's the half time whistle. Ah, disappointed into a, a half that we've done well. Done well to get ourselves in front. Um, maybe you know we, we've taken a foot off the, the pedal a little bit as the half's gone on, but then Wolves have stretched us. They will stretch us, um, and that was a, a well-taken goal. In fairness, the, the only debating point for me was the fact that the player was stretched out on the floor for so long, whilst the uh, Mill defence was trying to play around it. But there we are. We're not going to get that back again. So half time, dear listeners, Mill one, Wolverhampton Wanderers one. Achtung. Now then, I have received an email of admonishment from Catherine Gale, who is uh, on the committee of the revamping Mill Supporters Club, the MSC. Um, I have received a letter of admonishment, and rightly so, I think. Um, Catherine makes some good points here, which I'm going to read out the email in its entirety, uh, because I think it's a point worth making. Um, the MSC, of course, reached a crisis point recently, and the old committee stepped down on block, and there is at the moment a fan on the board committee that is trying to put together a new form of the MSC um, and we discussed this on the round table and Catherine takes issue with some of the points as they were made on the round table so I'm going to read the whole email and uh, in fairness because I think um, Catherine makes some good points here and if I'm honest she ever so slightly scares me so um, Catherine um, hi Nick I just listened to the Achtung Millwall podcast round table very entertaining as always she says However, as a person tasked with revamping the MSC, Mill Supporters Club, I thought I'd update those who made uh, made the comments that they're, they're expressing their opinions without asking those who are involved. Um, now, as you know, Catherine, along with three other people, uh, Tom Gale, Dave Lane, Harry Cooper, joined the committee in April 2017 with a view to making changes to the MSC. That proved impossible. Um, and as, as a result, the uh, existing committee members, the old committee members, stepped down. Um, so she says, yes, the, the MSC, as it used to stand, was probably outdated, inflexible and very unaware. Um, they've been the same people on the committee for some 10 years. And apart from the uh, man of the match and the annual player of the year, the only real activity was Lions Live. Um, now, Lions Live, obviously, at the moment, is in a state of flux as well. Um, that show, I, I, I um, never joined in the, the criticism of Lions live because I know what it's like to do this and um, they, what they used to do, George and the, and, the, and the boys used to do a live radio show now that's no easy thing to do So, but anyway it used to take criticism um, some of it unfair, some of it fair um, 
problem with Lions Live, which was um, part of the MSC, Catherine goes on to say, uh, produced and presented by five members of the MSC committee, but no decisions on it were ever put through the committee. And there was no control and no one was officially answerable for what went out on the show. Um, don't know. I mean, that's, it was what it was, and it's stopped now, and it's going to be revamped. And um, Mickey Simpson, fan on the board, is, of course, engaged in that, in that process. Now, Catherine says about away travel. The club sells MSC memberships to conform to FA and EFL away travel criteria but doesn't make the members' contact details known to the MSC committee. Whether the committee should have asked is a moot point, but in effect it meant the MSC could not directly communicate with its own members. So the MSC, the old MSC, didn't actually have a, a mailing list. So uh, Catherine says so, uh, thus social media and the MSC website were and still remain the only way to communicate. This is ridiculous and needs changing. I agree with you there, Catherine. Um, the old committee have resigned. We know that. A steering group has been appointed by the fan on the board. Uh, yes, it includes some members of the old committee. Um, including Catherine, one or two others, including Aisha Smith, who a lot of us know, and I have a huge amount of time for Aisha, who does a huge amount for charitable causes as well as, as publishing the, the Lion Roars fanzine. Um, but the MSC probably didn't sell itself well enough, didn't make that positivity, pub positivity public, as Catherine says here. Uh, Michael Avery, who will be on the show later today, is the third wheel of the new group. We're working hard to reform the MSC. As for a constitution, which was mentioned in the podcast, I, mean, I said this, um, when you're dealing with public money, fans' money, you need a constitution or a set of rules, and we can't get away from that. Uh, now, Catherine goes on to say the new MSC committee will have the newbies on board, as they are the ones who have been tasked with changing the MSC, and they've started to do a really good job. And, and yes, I, I, I take that point, Catherine. Um, sometimes it's easy to dwell on what's been wrong in the past without looking ahead to what's going to be right in the future, and, and that point is well made and well taken. Uh, the new committee will help um, the fan clubs set up in other countries. The Australian one is the probably the biggest one that I know, but there are others around uh, Ireland and, uh, and possibly Scandinavia, I guess, as well. Now, the aim for the new MSC will be that of a, of a fundraising unit to try to put salt funds back into the club. Uh, Catherine members mentions the South End Supporters Club, which raises 25 grand a year and sponsors their own club's youth, youth team, so it's clearly possible to do this. Um, and this is where I, I take the point. Uh, the, new, the new committee are battling against the reputation of the old committee, um, and it will be an uphill task. Um, what they do need to know, though, and this is a message that we can get out to anyone listening to this show, is what do you want from a, a supporters club? Um, it's all very easy for people to sit around and chuckle. And I, think, I'm, I think that's me she's talking about. To sit around and chuckle about and criticise the MSC, and the keyboard warriors are busy too. But ask for suggestions, Catherine says, or help, and the silence is overwhelming. Deafening. People can say they don't want an MSC and they won't get one, but then the Bermondsey Old People's uh, Christmas lunches won't get sponsorship, nor will the local boxer Charlie Wynn, Fisher um, FC also, have acquired um, sponsorship too. So clearly what they're looking for is our suggestions and help, and I think that's for us all, uh, myself included, to acknowledge and to offer um, and reach out wherever we can do. So point has been made, point has been taken, Catherine. Um, as she says to finish, the, the old MSC stood back, the new MSC won't. It may uh, won't be a mouthpiece, but they will be fighting for the club, including um, during the, uh, the CPO fire ahead. So points well taken, points well made, Catherine. Um, I hear you, and I think anyone listening to the show, if they can contribute anything, then um, why not give them a shout? They, they need help, they're looking for help, and they want to um, do the right thing by the club. Arrivederci, Milval. 
Boxing Day tweet here for you from the ever witty, the ever acid man in block 11. Um, he says he's at the den. His estimate is that the crowd ate approximately 60,000 sprouts and consumed 30,000 pints last night. He's glad that there is a breeze. <laughs> Tony Thomas of Lion, Lions TV. Um, Tony Thomas says the Wolves coaching staff have got them back into the game, he says. Jumping around like a bunch of hooligans, complaining every decision, three minutes of injury time. Um, in the first half, when there were no injuries and no subs. We played until, we, until the score. Um, I know what you mean there, Tony. Um, it did seem like a lot of injury time. Josh, there's Aidan O'Brien, looks like a headless chicken out there. That's harsh, Josh. I don't think he's done that badly. Uh, I don't think he's a headless chicken. Mill supporters club says half time and it's one all. Not a bad game by Mill, but I really promise it's been dampened down at the end of the half. Wolves have been happy with the goal, but we'll, we'll wonder why there aren't more. Mill need to do more of dead balls and corners, says the MSC. Bonatini's come into the game, third highest scorer in the league, Brazilian, playing for Al Hilal in the Saudi Arabian League and this season with, uh, with Wolverhampton Wanderers. Second half about to kick off. Wolves will be attacking the away end. Lions will be going at the cold blow in the second half. Got another Boxing Day fixture for you here, dear listeners. Do you want one? Do you want it? Uh, these are all selected at uh, Rams. This is 20 years ago. Um, Boxing Day 1997. Bristol City 4 mil 1. Bad result under Billy Bonds in the old Division 2, as it was called. Uh, third to third division by in old money. Um, that was played in front of 16,100 at Ashton Gates. Lions goal is a name from the past. One or two of the older listeners remember this bloke, Carl Viet. Carl Viet scored the 53rd minute of that 4-1 shellacking at Bristol. 1997, 20 years ago. I just need to keep it a cool head. Little ball over the top by... Well, uh, Gregory towards Elliott there was nowhere near him. Just need to keep it tight. Um, yes, they're a decent side, but we've got ourselves ahead in front of them in that first half. We need to find that that um, drive and, and vim and verve in a second. Elliott done well there, under a lot of physical attention. Ball forwards. He switched off. He switched off. As the ball rebounds, breaks through. This is Gregory in front of goal. But wide. Uh, the goalkeeper would outspread himself. It's gone for a corner, in actual fact. It's come off the goalkeeper for a, a right-sided corner. Elliot just seemed to make a great challenge and then just switch off for that, that fraction of a second as the ball was passed back to him from Savile. Um, to some critique from the crowd, as you could probably hear behind me. It broke to, to Gregory, who possibly should have done better there. He's being pushed rightwards. The goalkeeper came out, made himself large, and it's gone for a right-sided corner on 48 minutes. So early opportunity for the Lions to... Restore the lead, and it comes from Savile. It's deep towards Cooper, headed wide of the, of the, of the left-sided post, downwards and wide. Unfortunately, each each corner's reached him on the far post, and he's looked dangerous there. Jake Cooper, little substitution. It's Romeo's coming in for McLaughlin. I was just thinking to myself, he's not played well today. A couple of errors. Maybe he's carrying a, a strain of some sort. He's um, touching his groin in a Michael Jackson style as he's walking off. Um, so possibly strained himself. So Romeo comes in on 51 minutes. McLaughlin goes out. Ball down the right side from uh, Romeo. Goes straight out of play. No danger there. What a nasal report, don't you, dear listeners? My nose is starting to dribble. Cold starting to um, dig in a little bit. 52 minutes. Mill free kick. Um, we've got Hutchinson's going to take it. Uh, Savile walks away. It's just probably about five yards ahead of the halfway line, right side. Um, to be lofted in. Is Elliot in there? Has Cooper gone forwards? He, he's in there. The ball runs wide. Wide right and clear. 52 minutes. 
Dung Mill, the only football podcast that will give you a nasal update on the presenter. Angled ball across the line of the Mill defence. Meredith's followed it out wide left. The 17's beaten to it. 55 minutes. Ball's now possession. Edge of the pen. There's going to be a shot from distance. 2-1. Beautiful shot. 2-1. Just outside the 25-yard um, uh, mark, I suppose. Dipping shot into the right-hand side. Archer flapping after it. Couldn't get closer. It's now 2-1 Wolves. Let's watch the replay, if it shows. Zeiss. Dr. Zeiss and his lenses of Vienna. East Germany. Don't think it is. Ball breaks. Falls to this bloke, Zeiss, who does a dipping shot. Um, Archer couldn't get close to it. It's kind of gone in the uh, the like left side of the goal. 2-1 Wolves. 56 minutes. Wolves spraying the ball around their own half at the moment. As, uh, Elliot's gone down up front. Now he's looking a little bit uh, bedraggled at the moment with um, Meredith hobbling. Elliot sat sitting on the floor. Chance for a bit of attention. Just need to try to um, keep it together, dear listeners. Our squad clearly is it looks like cramp, is it? Surely not cramp. Strained his thigh. Break in play. So let's go back to 1987, to a happier time, 26th of December 1987, dear listeners. West Brom 1, Millwall 4. That was a Teddy Sheringham hat trick that day with a Les Bryden getting the fourth. In Division 2, the start of the surge towards uh, promotion glory in 1988, the golden year, 1988. Um, Sheringham scoring in the 19th, 54th and 64th minute. Bridie adding uh, a fourth one in the, in the 43rd minute. Millwall 4-1 winners at the Hawthorns. 30 years ago, bloody hell dear listeners, 30 years ago. This only does seem like yesterday in some of our minds, but there it is, 30 years ago. 59 minutes, Morrison's coming in. Comes. Not a bad um, performance today, and he's, he's, he's clearly not. Um, he's, he hasn't got the quality. I, I, there's no base you can hide on it. He hasn't got the quality. Um, he, he's tried to bring a bit more physical presence to proceedings to his game today. Um, not a bad performance. Not, not the worst, but not the best. 16 minutes. We've got half an hour to play with. It's gone for a, a corner. Lions pressing well. They force a corner. An error out of Wolves. Left-sided corner. Wolves only beaten three times all season, so they're clearly a major proposition. Um, in comes the corner on the left side from Williams. It's boomed into the middle. Morrison can't take and turn. He does a nice little bit of jiggery pokery. It's gone for another corner on the right side. He, uh, the ball was uh, put in at some pace. It fell to Morrison, but couldn't quite control it. But he managed to get a boot to it and has forced it out for a corner. Right side of this. The ball breaks the Wolves, however. Wolves coming down the left now. Ball back across the middle, it's going to fall to Saville, thankfully. Almost runs it through, falls to Archer in the end. Saville almost ran the ball in the wrong direction there and towards the Millwall goal. Perhaps he's still in the first half, I don't know. Here comes the Lions, is Morris on the halfway line, ball forwards towards uh, Wallace. Let's play back to, with some calmness and the plumb to uh, a back pass to their own goalkeeper under pressure. And ball into. into into a shot on goal actually it was going to be a cross sorry I went, in, went into a slight fuzz there um, but Archer spilled it but managed to regain it that was a poor kick out by Archer ironic um, uh, ironic applause but also a few boos which I cannot for the life of me understand here comes Wallace 
come down the right. I know the uh, the punters take the uh, pay the money and they take their choice, but really, that's your goalkeeper you're doing. Since when did good sense prevail in the Mill crowd, Dennis? Not very often in my um, 40 years, plus years. Speaking of 40 plus years, here's a, here's a fixture for you. Um, 26 of the 12th, 1977, 40 years ago, Mill 1, Tottenham Hotspurs 3. Huge fixture. There's given the uh, the big build-up, of course, in the uh, infamous Panorama programme. Um, you can still see that on YouTube. 15,000 at the den that day. The Wolves just breaking down the right side. That's gone for a corner. Another player down injured. Is that Hutchinson down injured? Took a took a clip as uh, he was clearing that. Yeah, so 15,036, including me that day, uh, Boxing Day, 1977. Lions losing 3-1 to Tottenham. Terry Brisley penalty being the one uh, Lions scored the afternoon. Te temporarily managed by Theo Foley that afternoon. Uh, Gordon Jago having departed earlier in the month um, after a poor run of results and also um, some say the, uh, the disheartening uh, effects of the, of the Panorama programme. I personally blame the poor run of results in, in all honesty. We went for a phase of I think about two months with not a win. Just quite follow this corner coming in from the right hand side. Um, falls on the edge of the penalty area to the ooh, 18 there. Battered away by Joel Narger for those that booed him a moment ago. That was a decent save. Ball breaks. This is Lyons on the on halfway. It goes Gregory. He's got Savile overlapping. Wallace on the right side. He's, he's kept. He's gone through. Trying to make a surgery down the middle. I thought the ball right, right, wide right was the um, crowd calling for for a, 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 a red card. There, he, he was clipped as he were trying to make a run down the middle. There, Gregory. I thought he maybe worked it slightly. I think it'd be a yellow at the most. What was notable about that Spurs fixture, though, just going back to that while we wait for the, the free crick to form up, was it was the first time that the, the old den was divided. The away fans were physically divided by a huge, huge presence of police. The, the uh, BBC documentary, so-called, F Troop uh, Treatment and the Halfway Line, had given the, the fixture a huge spin. The, the clash of Spurs was going to be the hooligan clash of clashes, and the, the police presence was massive. And they, they, it was in the inner area before fencing divided the den. And it was the first time that away fans actually had their own end designated to them, and it was divided physically by a huge number of policemen standing between the Millwall and Spurs. Um, I hadn't seen it before. Um, eventually, fencing was put in, um, but that, on that occasion, it was just sheer weight of numbers of, of coppers. Here we are, 40 years ago, 1977. Nice work by Romeo to win it back. a ball into the box from Wallace, trying to find Gregory at the far post. Cleared by the Wolves, defended for corner. Left-sided corner, it's going to be Williams that takes. 71 and a half minutes, left-sided corner. Sean Williams will put the ball into the action, into the mix. And it comes, it's floated deep towards Hutchinson. Ball headed down. One and two eight! Headed over and close, Jake Cooper! Headed back across the goal from Sean Hutchinson. And at the far post, Jake Cooper makes it 2 all. Everything to play for, suddenly, dear listeners. Let's watch that again. Left side of the corner, back, uh, headed back across the face of the goal by uh, Sean Hutchinson and clipped at the uh, far post by Jake Cooper. Two each. Well done, Bill Wall. Get themselves back in the game. After potentially letting it slide. Letting it slide. Well, the game's wide open now, dear listeners. 
Tool. 18 minutes to go. Wolves back in possession. 73rd minute of the game. Halfway side of the middle half. They've looked dangerous. They are a dangerous team. They're a decent team. I know I keep um, praising Wolves, but they do. They've had the hype and they did look the part today. But we've we've matched them. And at the moment, the games are there to be won for Mill if, if we can press on. Gold Jago, interesting character. He'll be another um, subject for another show, I think. But um, interesting manager came to us from QPR. Left us in um, very drab times. I was around at that point. He arrived with high hopes, gave us two great seasons. One was the 75-76 promotion season from the third division. And then the 76-77 season, which included the fantastic win over Chelsea. Um, he, he departed in the end in that Tottenham um, season. Um, before the, the, the uh, infamous game at the Den. 3-1 win for Spurs that day but interesting character he's very much a forward thinking kind of bloke um, saw the potential for development of the game in the US and um, I think it became almost a, a, a freedom of the city of Dallas in the end for his work in developing um, both the indoor sport in America and also the outdoor sport very interesting character I might to do him justice I think will be one for maybe next year's CBL annual or our yearbook, whatever we do, but he's certainly a character worth some research and um, a show or something in, in his own in his own right. 78 minutes, Lions got to keep it tight here. They they cut the ball back. Bodies come forward now. Ball's going to fly into the box. That's headed up and uh, away by Cooper. Still falls to the 17. Play continues. Lions just froze a moment, thinking play had stopped it for some reason. Ball across the, the face of the mill area. It's being put back and forth by Wolves at the moment. It's a, got to get it clear. And we do in the end by Jill Saville. Who's hoof. Getting cheers around the den. 79 minutes. Wolves coming back at us. We've got to keep our keep our shape. 11 minutes to go. We've done fantastic well to get ourselves back into this game. Haven't let it slip. But it'll be uh, no use at all if we give it away now. Great work there by Lee Gregory. Morrison beats his man. Crowd rises one. We've got no, no support forwards. He finds Shawnee Williams. All now wide left. This is Aidan O'Brien come down the left. 79 minutes. Come towards the 80th minute. Overlapping is Meredith. Ball's floated across. Too far for Steve Morrison. That's uh, going to go for a goal kick. Press forwards trying to find uh, some huge work being put in by Lee Gregory today, dear listeners. He may be uh, my man of the match today. Ball breaks. This is Wallace. Tunnicliffe, excuse me. Ball forwards. Wallace looking the wrong way. Looking the wrong way. Ball was played forward towards him, but he was looking the wrong way. Kind of thing I would do at Beckton Park, but um, Jed Wallace did it on a professional level in the championship there. Then fully illuminated by the floodlights now. It's become quite grey and cold. Still a good hour of uh, daylight left in the day, but um, you wouldn't know it without those floodlights switched on. It's been very gloomy. Into box, Archer punches clear. On the body, hoofed over. There was a moment Archer punched clear up to the punch for reasons best known to himself across into the box it falls to the um, substitute whatever number he is I think he's a six is he or is a four he calls it on the volley calls it wrong high over the bar all breaks wise is Steve Morrison right side cross it goes straight off for uh, Calder four minutes of overtime little corner little moment uh, Morrison was through but he put the cross in it's put behind for a corner taken short Ball floods into the middle. Header in, and the goalkeeper got clattered there. Referee pulls up play. 
Man's game, come on referee. Anyway, we didn't go anywhere near the goal, so um, it's uh, academic. Great tackle there by Lee Gregory. Some of his tacklings though has been really noteworthy, dear listeners. That's a very poncy sounding way to put it, noteworthy. Um, but yeah, no, done some fantastic work from uh, from the forward line, Lee Gregory. Uh, Wolves just on the attack here. Great tackle by George Savile, it goes straight back to him. Just outside Mill Penalty area, central, it's running across the box and hoof clear by Marlon Romeo towards Steve Morrison, managed to get ahead to it. Greg Wallace, ball forwards, trying to find Tunnicliffe. Ball's just not under Mill control entirely at the moment, there's a lot of head tennis. Both sides fancy it. Two minutes of overtime to go. Hutchison clips the um, 18. Can see the free kick from distance. It's a dangerous situation. Just about four, about 25 yards. 25 yards, but central. Here it goes. Shot. Palmed around by Jordan Archer. That was on target. Put round for a corner, left side. Nice save by Jordan Archer. I don't know about that one, dear listeners. That's um, smacks of hubris. The ancient Greek sin of hubris. I think um, they, they've looked the part on occasion. We've done very well to get ourselves back into it, of course. But I've said that a few times now. That's the fourth minute of um, overtime. The referee will probably blow any moment now. Ball pumped forwards from Marlon Romeo into the arms of the Wolves goalkeeper. There's the final whistle. Um, a fine tool draw. Um, unusually you can say that about a draw. Uh, the Lions did well to get themselves in front in the first half. Gradually Wolves put a bit of a throttle on the game, uh, put a bit of a chokehold on the game and put themselves 2-1 up in the second half. But then we, we showed good spirit, good um, you know, good good uh, team group ethic to get ourselves back into it for two each. Um, and at the end, Beaver side could have pressed on and got it in the end, but um, that was a decent side. We've held to a two draw, a moneyed side, and that shows you the kind of uh, team spirit and drive behind this club. So um, well done Millwall today. My man of the match for me today, Lee Gregory. Um, two old point from Boxing Day. And we're going to be right back after these messages with Mr. Michael Avery. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 
You're listening to Achtung Millwall. Big welcome back on the show to Michael Avery of the MSC. Welcome back to the show, Michael. Evening, Nick. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas to you and all our listeners, in, indeed. Um, it wasn't a bad Christmas show today, was it, Michael? I thought that was a fighting performance by the Lions with a, a hint of much more that we could have achieved there. At that yeah, no, draw. Was, yeah, no, it was a good uh, good result, I thought. You know, I mean, they was they was fully expected to come down and turn us over, weren't they? Yeah, it was widely um, predicted. I mean, they're, they're a top-rated side. They've clearly got money. And, and let's be honest, um, they've clearly got quality players. I mean, they, they showed it in fits and starts today when they, they moved the ball. Um, but as we seem to f- be making a bit of a, um, a specialty, we seem to be able to match that with, with sheer bloody-minded effort, don't we? And we, we, we did a job on them, really. Yeah, no, I don't, you're right. I did think it was a good game. I thought it was, it was really good. It did. They, they they just passed the ball out so nicely at times, didn't they? Wolves, to be honest with you, Absolutely. Like they linked, yeah. linked the play up really, really well. But yeah, well, I thought we was quite, we was we was a match for them definitely. I mean, some great performances. I mean, I, I, I've um, I've picked out Lee Gregory, who of course scored the opening goal. Um, really nice move actually by the Lions, break out of defence. Um, another one of Jed Wallace's mazy runs there, Michael. He's making um, making a habit of those. He he really causes damage when he runs at defenders like that. It does make you think as well, though, doesn't it? If if you know the form he's been in and the way he played today, today Harry has been overlooked at this level for so long. Yeah, like with um, yeah. Jed Wallace, and um, I, I mentioned it earlier on, and I mean this this might get people tweeting you or messaging you, yeah. but I'm, I'm, I made the I made a claim that I do think if Gregory did get more goals, and I know it sounds a little bit obvious, you know, it'd be worth more money, but what else he brings to the side. It's just, it's just unbelievable. It really, really is. I mean, yeah, I criticised right. him a lot because he wasn't yeah. scoring. Yeah. But I'll be the first to admit, you know, he, he's such a natural striker. The way he sits on the shoulder of the last man, the way, I mean, if you watch him, when our back four's got the ball, he's looking to start his run and defenders just can't can't keep up with him. And if he did if he did get 15, 20 goals a season, he'd be, he'd be the most sought-after player <clears throat> in the league. I mean, he does the work. This is what I like about him. I mean, my man of the match, I don't know if it was early in the, in the show, in the interview to be uh, picking up man of the match, but he was certainly mine, Michael. I don't know about you, but um, I, I thought he, it's, it's the work he does with the ball and also off the ball. He's, he's, he's a physical presence. Um, and that was a beautifully taken opening goal today and a, and a fantastic move. And, you know, yeah, he can go on about chances missed at Derby and, and blah, blah, blah. But that was that, that set the record straight there today. Um and then we, we kind of took that foot off the gas a little bit after that, didn't we? I think Wolves clawed their way back into it as the half wore on. Yeah, yeah, they did. Unfortunately, I mean, I think I think we sort of rested. We did rest on our laurels a bit, and and we we've did. been guilty of doing that a few times this season. When when we have taken the lead, especially, you know, we we always end the first half on a bit of a damp squib, if you will. Um, I think the Norwich game was probably the only game where we've actually ended the half on a high. I, I find that we have a really good opening sort of however long it is but always that last few minutes yeah, always we goes on a little bit of a downer Twilight Zone I mean I, I want to pick out Tom Elliott um, named in the starting 11 today um, I, I don't like to say it. I, I think he did he put himself around physically today I just think he's got his limitations Michael and up front 
And he, like we're just saying about switching off, Tom Elliott had a couple of what I call pause moments where he just wanted a second to think about what's supposed to be happening next, and you just don't get that that time on the ball. Um, it was it was said previously about Sean Williams who, who did a great job, but today uh, Tom Elliott was our um, you know he just wanted moments too long with the ball at his feet almost at times. It's it's one of those. He's he's it's, it's a difficult one with Elliott because the only way he's going to improve at this level. Is if he plays more games because yeah. he's not he's not been in the side for whatever reason. I mean, even when our centre forwards haven't been finding in it or haven't been playing well, Harris hasn't been putting him in. No. And obviously, there must be reasons he's seeing things in training why he still won't commit to it. But he's, you're right; he just needs that that just that second too long, which at this level you're not going to get. We mentioned it a few weeks ago that this is such a fast-paced game now. And I think there was a moment in the second half where he's got the ball, he's looked up, yeah. and everyone's screaming man on at him. And yeah. he just he just, he just just didn't clock. He no. didn't, didn't realise it with him, and he just they took the ball off him. It's speed of thought as much as speed of pace at times. And, um, uh, you know, it was interesting. He went off injured in the second half. Uh, Morrison came into the game. Um, and you do wonder whether... You know, Elliot is is going to be sticking around for the remainder of the season. Just as we started this conversation, I was just looking at news at Den, and I see Harry Smith has returned back from um, Swindon. Um, not getting a game time there is the official story, but I'm just wondering whether more options up front. Clearly, you know, we 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 struggled with for goals, and Elliot doesn't seem to be the answer. So you you wonder what's um, you know, it's either either Smith or it's going to be a signing, isn't it, in in the January window? Yeah, I, th- I think Smith will probably go back out on loan, if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, I think he'll probably go back out and we'll look at somebody else coming in. But there, w- there was glimmers of Elliot doing this um, when I went to the pre-season game at Dartford this season. There was a moment where the ball went up top, Gregory's knocked it down, and you've seen Elliot sort of go, oh, hang on, I've got to go now. So, yeah. you know, it's not as if it's not been there or it's a new thing. Um, there's obviously been signs of it. Maybe, I mean, January's a long month and there's a lot of action on deadline day. Maybe give him a couple more run-outs to see how we get on in, in games that are yeah. winnable. I know yeah. it's difficult at this level to have a winnable game, but ones that you realistically look at and think we might have a chance here, start him there I mean, and then just see if he improves. You certainly wouldn't start him over Morrison. I mean, I know he did today, so that's a contradiction in terms. But um, Morrison, when he came into the game, he just produced the whole Steve Morrison show in the second half. Um, but just going back to the first, um, we've got ourselves in front, and then th- how frustrating was it to give that goal up right in the stroke of half time? That was real, um, <laughs> so very Millwall, wasn't it, to uh, to do so much good work and then just let it slip right in the death? Well, that was that's the thing as well. We scored, we saw such a good goal um, from Gregory, as we said earlier on, and you think the pressure he's been under. Yeah. You know, if he would have missed that, that would have dented his confidence even more. So, you know, credits for Gregory for putting that away as well as he did. Yeah, but then you have the Aidan O'Brien miss from what two yards out. <laughs> yeah, and then you have then you have that um, shot from the from the low cross. But yeah. it's frustrating because you could see it. That was about the sixth seventh time they'd played that same cross across goal. Yeah, and it was like just just you've got to learn from these things, especially at this level against teams with that much. Well, quality. Sort of about how much they're all. Co- yeah, exactly. Quality. Quality. Yeah. Um, you can't. There's no substitute for it, Michael. Is there? I mean, you know, um, they would call today a, a bad day at the office by their standards. I mean, their, their, mm. their record speaks for itself. Seventeen wins, now four draws and three defeats. You don't get that record by being a bad side. We 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 did a good job on them today. I felt, but they do contain some quality in that side. Absolutely. Mm. And what, one one thing that you can tell why they're so hard the league is 
you know, we've been saying it for weeks and weeks about how we, we haven't got a plan B. They had a plan A. They were shooting from distance. That weren't working. They had a plan B. They were doing those low crosses. Yeah. They, they had so many different options that, you know, we, we, we would only dream of having that kind of range in our side. So, yeah, no, it, it was a good performance, but you're right. They will they will be frustrated. They won't get the three points, definitely. And also bringing off the, the league's third highest scorer, Bonatini, um, I mentioned in the live piece, but um, he came off the bench. So, you know, it's it's, it's, it's strength in depth. And um, I think that's, you know, one area where we've mentioned it a few times and no doubt we're going to mention it a few more times before May comes around. But we, we do lack that, um, you know, ability to bring in proven quality from, from our, our second stringers. Um Jordan Archer, um, Michael, obviously a controversial figure. Um, yeah, just, a <clears throat> just a little bit. Um, responsible for the second goal? Should he have done better for you? I, I didn't think it in real time, but there's clearly um, comment online that um, how much longer have we got to put up with Jordan Archer in goal? Uh, which I think is slightly unfair for me. Uh, I, he made a few decent saves today, as well as the... Uh, I don't even know if it's an error. Well, he was beaten from distance, let's put it that way. Mm, I thought I thought in real time it was just a quality finish. I did. I thought it was just a good, good finish, a good curl in the top corner. But there was a lot of people around me who were saying, you know, oh, he's done it again, he's done it again. And, you know, I mean, there was people who were tweeting and messaging from angles better than me that were like, he's at fault, he could have got a hand to it. One guy was screaming and shouting about how goalkeepers have got to, you know, push those around the post even from distance. But, <laughs> you know, if it, if he... Yeah. If he, if he, if he if if it wasn't his hands, then yeah, definitely should have pushed it away. But from where I was at, it just looked like a good, good finish. I think the one thing you can say is I said with the Middlesbrough goal, everyone um, was on Archer's case a bit there. Yeah. But I said with the Middlesbrough goal, it, there was a lot of people in front of Danny when he had the shot. So maybe that might have blocked Archer's vision a bit, but there weren't really anyone in front of him this time, Nick. No, no, that's 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 fair comment. Um, I mean, obviously we have David Martin as as our second choice, and he didn't do a bad job up at Aston Villa. Um, it, it just seems harsh because Archer, yes, he he, he um, embarrassed himself perhaps with that that shot from distance. I'd still, I'm, I'm with you. It looked like a a very decent strike from a very decent player from distance. But he did pull off other other um, saves and, and he, you know put shots around for corners like the, the man was suggesting. Um, mm. It just seems harsh. I mean, but then goalkeepers live and die on one error, don't they? Yeah. Nature of position. The, the thing is as well, if you look at the stats after the game, you know, and I, you know we were there, we saw the game, everyone was there, you know, could see Wolves had the quality. They had twenty shots. Today, yeah. You know? Yeah. They had yeah. To, and eight of them were on target, and yeah. you know eight of them. Archers had to produce good saves from. It's just unfortunate with goalkeepers, you know, they make a mistake, it goes in inevitably. You know, and you compare that to us where we had, what, 11 shots and only 11 five shots. on target. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, the, I mean the, the, the classic possession stats, 63 to them, 37 for us. Um, mm. But there we are, the only scoreline that man- matters is the is the actual scoreline, which is two each. Um McLaughlin coming in in defence. I I felt it was a poor game for McLaughlin today. He made errors and he went off. Um, I'm guessing injured in the second half for Romeo to come in. Um, a, 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 a response choice to Derby's defeat, I guess. Bringing him back. Yeah, he um, he was lucky to stay on the pitch, in my opinion, as well. I thought that was a horrendous tackle. Yeah, and he got the yellow card for. I mean, I know in- I know everyone says it, and they all sort of wave their finger and go, you know, if Wallace's was a red against Burton, that should have been, but. You know, ev- ev- I was adamant that was a red card. It was it was a bad late tackle 
and he was a very, very lucky boy to stay on the pitch. I thought McLaughlin. Yeah. And I, I actually thought when they brought yeah. him off, it turns out it was because it was for tightness um, mm. in his leg or his hamstring or something. Um, he'd just been beat by a player, hadn't he? A player had, had beat him. He hadn't even made the challenge, and like that, the shot went wide. Yeah. And I was thinking he's got he's got to come off because he's getting to a point now where he's scared to make a tackle because he's on the yellow card. That's why I originally thought he was coming off, but it, it turns out it was the injury. But no, he was a poor, poor game from McLaughlin, I thought. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, but then to, you know, on the other side of the coin, for the Lions to show real grit, real, you know, the spine that we uh, spoke about after the Middlesbrough victory was uh, was on show in that second half today to claw their way back against the top of the table team, Michael, and pull it back to two each, you know, with just sheer um, relentless bloody mindedness again. Um, was 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 a tribute to that team. I felt. I mean, that was that was a, a, a it wasn't perhaps the prettiest goal you'll ever see, but it was an effective goal from Jake Cooper, wasn't it? Yeah, and you know, don't want to sound too Brendan Rodgers here, but you know, the character you're right that we showed was unbelievable. Yeah. You know, we'd, we'd had that, we missed that sitter from O'Brien. Yeah. Gregory had a couple of chances, which yeah, he did miss a few one on ones, but you know, there was one that he was lucky to actually get on the end of. He done well. We had those two. Like the two goals conceded, McLaughlin was like was injured. Elliot pulled up injured as well, you know. So for yeah to come to come back as and get the goal the way we did, you know. And if you watch the replay of it, Cooper literally goes through about three of them. They can't compete with him. I mean, no. he's not the greatest of headers, but it's still he, he goes through a good few of them to to get on the end of it. He caused trouble every time he went forwards. Whenever there was a set piece, we, we've got to work on exploiting his height. I mean, we, you know, we, we, we each time the ball came across today um, at the far post, he was he was causing danger, and lo and behold, he got in for the uh, for the, the, the equalising goal. And you know, in in, in real time, I, I said earlier on, um, it was an open game at that point. Any, it was anyone's to go and get the the winner. Could have been us. It could have been them. In all in all fairness, and that's yeah. that's quite a thing to say about a small scale side playing. Wolves backed by Chinese money, bringing million-pound foreign players from all over the shop. It's it, it's a major um, fact of you know. It's a ma- our, our major strength is at the den with this team. I think the two really go hand in hand. Yeah, we. Uh, no, you're right. You're right. I mean, the one thing, if I am, if I'm in ultra, ultra critical um, today, was that's the whole point was, of the show, Michael. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> it was it was a good it was a good performance. Don't get me wrong, but um, I just think we. We had so many chance, so many corners, and so many free kicks that produced absolutely nothing. Yeah. You know, I, I put a comment on Twitter, something like, I think it was something like, "Oh, we're now having our millionth corner, and for the nine hundred ninety-nine thousand, fine, nothing's happened." <laughs> you know, it's just, it's, it was just always that that long. But it was either going too far, or the free kick weren't meeting the weren't meeting the player. And Neil Harris said after the game that Cooper could have easily got a hat trick. You know, if he had been in the right position or made the right connection. So even Neil Harris obviously acknowledges there's an issue there with um, converting the set pieces. Yeah. But there was one, there was one, wasn't there, where we were 20 yards out, right in the middle, um, right, right outside the box. Yep, yep. And you, you've got released it to target. You don't even mind if you sort of dink it over the box and the keeper sort of says, thank you very much, I can have them all day long because at least you've registered a shot. But to, for for a for a championship midfielder to smash it over the bar from twenty yards out isn't isn't good enough in my opinion. No, I was interested when I got indoors earlier on and uh, watching Leeds um, play at Burton, and I think Leeds his second goal was from a free kick, um, similar kind of situation. Strangely enough, and the, the camera cut away to the Leeds set piece coach. They have a specific coach for set pieces, 
And I thought to myself, that's what, <laughs> that's what we need, don't we? <laughs> given, yeah. given the opportunities that we do create, um, not to take uh, more of them is, is, is um, you know, is, is, uh, is a damning indictment in some ways. Um, yeah, and who, who have we got to give opinions on free kicks? David Livermore. <laughs> <laughs> well, funny enough, he got quoted in the, the post-match um, comments by Neil Harris. He, he says, "If you against good teams, if you switch off, you're going to get punished. Well, mm. that's right. We switched off about three times in 90 minutes. That's probably three times too many, uh, but I'm sure that's a, a point that'll be made on uh, Monday morning training or Friday, well, it's Friday mm. night, actually, isn't it? Um, yeah. it? It makes a good point. No one was short-changing the crowd. It was a very entertaining game. I, I, I enjoyed it. If you can ever enjoy um, a, a tight draw at the den, um, I thought it was it was a good open advert for two very different styles of, of, of football. Mm. I'll tell you what as well. Watch, I I when I when I said it to uh, said it to my family when I got home, they mm. like nearly bit me head off. But I actually thought the ref had a good game today. Well, he got he gets praised on the news at den. Um, Harris praised him for letting the game flow. Um, mm. he, he makes some uh, point about that the foreign players didn't bottle it and didn't roll over, which I thought is um, <laughs> uh, we've got the balance. But, uh, Wolves have got the balance right between foreign influx of players with flair and quality, and they didn't lose their bottle. Um, mm. <laughs> good, good stuff from Neil. Um, no, I, I thought the referee played well. He did let let a lot go at times, um, mm. but it makes for an open game, doesn't it? Um, End-to-end, as, as Neil Harris says, and um, Nuno Espiritu Santo said it, he enjoyed his first experience of Boxing Day football. We are professionals, we are ready to play. It doesn't sound like he really wanted to be doing it today particularly, but <laughs> <laughs> who can blame him? Um, man of the match for you then, Michael, who are you going to go for? Who's, who's your choice? I've said mine already. Jake Cooper. For me. Jake I Cooper? Thought he, That's interesting. Yeah. Interesting I thought, choice. Very, I thought he had a very good game today. Yeah, that's an interesting choice. Um, not, not the most obvious. Mm. I've seen uh, Sean Hutchinson mentioned. I uh, won't argue with Cooper. Yeah. Wallace was Wallace, wasn't he? Um, it, it wasn't a bad mm. team performance. I mean, we've picked out McLaughlin being under par. Archer, mm. you can argue about. but um, And Elliot, we've, we've discussed. But no, I, 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 Cooper's an interesting choice. He's, he's, he's mm. got a lot going for him, Jake Cooper. And I... I would like to see him making more of himself going forwards. These these balls into the box we've just mentioned. Yeah, no, I've, I've, I thought I thought Cooper was immense, but you're right. Um, yeah, very 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 close behind photo finish. Lee Gregory, I thought Lee Gregory had a great game. Thought he played very very well. But no, Cooper, Cooper for me. Cooper's moving my Cooper money for on. you, Lee Gregory for me. What about you, dear listeners? Who are you going to go for? Onwards then, Michael, to the um, the night of the apocalypse. Friday night's game. Against QPR, um, I, it was it was a Boxing Day one o'clock kickoff. I felt that there's a there was a slight sense at, at, at the start of the game of um, a slight lull, a post um, post Christmas meal lull. But I do think there's a slight danger in everyone getting themselves hyped up for this Friday night show with the return of um, you know um, the, the, the the devil incarnate. Yeah, every, everyone's mate. Yeah, and they were talking about that after the game. Yeah, you know, and uh, there, there was a few people who were asking Neil. Obviously, you know, he's he's off Chuck chewing it, Neil, about saying, you know, you sent us down and Neil very diplomatically sort of passed over that. I think he's uh, got to. <laughs> With the FA watching and the Football League watching and everyone watching. But it's, it's, yeah, it's going to be a good game. I think I'm so. very much looking forward to that one. You and me both. I'm absolutely looking forward to it. Smashing the life out of them, if I'm totally honest with you. <laughs> Let's hope it works out that way. There's, there's always this um, anticlimactic potential of the den. But, um... Yes, it's got nil-nil <laughs> written all over it, yeah. <laughs> but you and me both, and I think um, 15,000, 16,000 others on Friday night. So um, we're going to leave it there, Michael Avery. Big uh, thank you for coming on the show so soon after the uh, end of today's game. 
And um, we'll um, we'll do this again very very soon, mate. And um, here's to Friday night. Yep. You've been listening to Octoon Millwall, the CBL Magazine podcast. That's the Millwall news this week, and we are out of here. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.